throughout your career, if you lead with value, it will always come back to you. What's up, everybody? My name is Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Vintory. Let's get real for a second about growing property inventory. It can be really challenging, complicated, and sometimes even expensive, right? Well, now we have a tool to help make this the least stressful and most profitable process possible. That's right. Growing your rental management company can be accomplished faster with the support of Vintory. We're talking a total property portfolio overhaul in just a matter of months. That's because Vintory is the first and only sales and marketing platform of its kind. Think about how you want your property portfolio to grow and what your main business goals are, and then experience for yourself how Vintory can help propel you there. Sign up now at vintory.com slash str and get a copy of Brooks' best-selling book from zero to 500 properties in five years absolutely free. Plus, you get a $50 Amazon gift card when you book a full demo today. Don't wait. Go to vintory.com slash str. Thanks for listening. And now it's time to get into the podcast. What's going on, STR Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's up, E? My brother, I am so grateful that this hurricane passed and he went the other way. Man, you see some of those videos from like Fort Myers is just wild. And it's just, it's always so scary. Like, you know what I mean? And, and a friend wrote a post on Facebook today. It's like, what do you think like people did like 100, 200 years ago when there was no way of like knowing? And all of a sudden you woke up one day and there was a hurricane coming. Right. And you're just like, yeah. Oh, spoiled man oh, right and it's just like so so grateful for that um we got we were lucky we had a couple of empty units and we had a bunch of people that had to run away from over there kind of came came this way so that helped us with occupancy and just help us with like helping out people doing and your it, part yeah. yeah you know but it's always such a wild you know especially in florida it's during this time of the year you never know yeah. where it's gonna go and how it's gonna happen and and so we're super grateful that we're good we're safe your stuff in orlando is good yeah, it's funny. Uh, Shane O'Connor, who we've had on the show, yeah. uh, a good buddy of ours and a, a member of the mastermind, he he lives in Tampa, so he was getting the hell out of there, and he was supposed to stay at our house in Kissimmee, and then the whole like storm changed track, and then we were like dead nuts in the middle of the storm track, so he pivoted and went north somewhere else. It's funny, man. Like I always tell people, like focus on the things that you can't control, and don't worry about the things that you can't. Right. So like, yeah prepare, do whatever you can. And then like the rest is up to God, universe, Buddha, Allah, Jesus, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, yeah, for like a lot of my friends and like Kristen were like glued to the news, like just constantly watching all of this shit. And I was like, we're going to be fine. And then my, my contractor went over there this morning and was FaceTiming us. He's like, dude, it doesn't even look like your house got hit. And I was like, oh, weird. So like good vibes, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Good vibes. Yeah, for sure. So. Yeah, it's it's one of those things. Be ready. Don't overstress. You know what I mean? Like, but be ready. I also don't like the people that are like, ah, it's all fake. But if it's yeah. not, just have some have some shit ready. You know, because if if you you also like you don't want to be like, I hate people that are like, oh, I'm not ready. Do you have anything anything to spare? And be like, don't be that person. Also, you know what I mean? Like, so it's it wants to be one of those two two kind of camps. Be but adult. think that 
we're good. Um, our stuff is good. Even though now we had roof and new windows, so we could have handled it. That was another thing, bro. I was, because up until this point, I used to like have, I, like I would wake up in the middle of the night when I would hear it raining hard and I'll be like, please, my roofs at the villas, please do not leak. Please do not leak. And I'm like, it was nice to have a storm coming and be like, okay, I don't have to worry about roofs or windows because my stuff would have been like completely flooded by now with the rain that we have had because yeah. they, they had holes everywhere. But <laughs> we got them done, but we're good. Thank God. Nice. Nice. Anyways. Yeah, man. Well, uh, things are going well. We just got some terms. We've got, uh, we've got one term sheet, which is good because again, a lot of banks are still skittish to lend on hotels. Like they got, a lot of them got screwed during COVID. So we found a couple local banks that we're doing an SBA product with. So if you're not familiar with that, basically the SBA splits the loan with the bank and the SBA is backed by the government. So now the bank is only at risk for 35% of the loan or 35% of the deal. The bank takes the other 50. So we bring 15% down, SBA covers 35 or 50, and then the bank covers 35. One of those. So yeah, it's good. It's just a sh- I wasn't going to swear, but it's a shit ton of paperwork. (laughs) It's a lot of paperwork to go through. Pretty much everything other than like a colonoscopy is like on the table for these deals. But it uh, it's worth it in the end if you can push through. Well, especially I mean, like an SBA loan is very similar to like a non-recourse institutional loan, like the big like Fannie and Freddie. Like once you get into those type of loans, those are the best possible loans you have access to. But it's it's the same thing. Like they don't give you a Fannie and Freddie match without really like going through all of your stuff and making sure that you are, you know, like a proper yeah. season operator. But again, then once you are a season operator and you go into that kind of category of lending, it's a whole different, it's a whole different ballgame. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. So yeah, it's good, man. I'm excited. We'll keep you guys posted as that progresses. And, um, I'm excited for today's show. Cause we've got a couple, uh, of our new buddies on here that we've uh, hung out with in Nashville and then in Miami. And now they just joined our boardroom and our mastermind. And uh, so today we got Matt Floyd and Craig girl, Craig, you're going to have to help me out on this one. Girl, Gorelski. I'm going to butcher that. I've got a bad last name too. It's like brutal to pronounce mine, but anyway, they've got the best company name I've ever heard. Uh, it's called stay classy. And uh, they were based in San Diego. So pun on, uh, some of the good movies out there. But anyway, these guys are crushing it. They're up over 30 properties now. Um, they're really pushing. They're super great guys, great mastermind members, you know, very open-minded, but also have a lot to share. So we are excited to welcome Matt and Craig to the show. What's going on, guys? Great to be here. Thanks for having us, guys. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Craig, before we even get rolling here, I should have asked you this off air before we got rolling. What is the proper pronunciation of your last name? <laughs> It's uh, Gorolski. So I get all variations, right? But yeah, Gorolski is the correct way to pronounce it. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to write that down somewhere so I can. Yeah. How do you write, how do you write that down? <laughs> how do you write the pronunciation? I'm going to write like Gorolski. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, guys, why don't, why don't you uh, fill the listeners in on like your backstory? Like, you know, what got you into real estate and short-term rentals? And then we'll kind of catch up to where you guys are at now. Yeah, definitely. So basically how I fell into short-term rentals is I graduated college in 2015 with an engineering um, degree. And I was like so fired up to get in the industry and just work my way up that corporate ladder. So I was like, I'm just going to work hard, do good and um, go from there, see where it takes me. So I got hired on as a company at my uh, company, Solar Turbines, and I got 
brought in is like, uh, it's kind of like a developmental program, right? So you do six months of your home unit, you rotate around for a year and you come back. So started the first six months, my home unit did well. There was like five other engineers I was working with. And then I went on rotation throughout the company for a year. And when I came back, all the engineers left except me and one other engineer. And that other engineer left within a month. So just me getting thrown in the fire doing six people's work. Um, so it was pretty crazy. But um, that first year went through like the mid-year review, end of the year review, got an exceeds on my, uh, on my review. And I was like, oh, man, I'm due for like an awesome promotion. And uh, went into that promotion meeting. And my boss was like, you did an excellent job. You crushed it. You kept up with everything. But since you got a promotion last year, you're not eligible for a promotion this year. So you're just getting a 3% um, raise type thing. And, and like, I'm, I'm good with that, right? I'm just happy I have a job. But I was like, that day, I just made a decision in my head. I'm like, I'm never going to settle for someone else telling me how much I'm worth or what I need to make, right? So I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I just knew I didn't want to do that for the next 40 years of my life. So I was like, I got to find a different way. So someone recommended uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like I'm sure a lot of the listeners have heard of, read that book and a light bulb just went off in my head. I was like, all right, I'm getting a rental property. So my next thought was like, all right, I'm going to buy a long-term rental um, and I'm going to buy and hold for a long time, get some extra cash flow, supplement the engineering income. Well, while I'm kind of researching areas and stuff, I'm booking these Airbnbs for my friend. I'm booking Palm Springs golf trips. I'm booking Colorado ski trips. And I'm just like looking at what we're paying for like Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. I'm like, we're paying this host like $1,200, $1,500 for three nights. I'm like, if this host just rents out for the weekends, I'm like, they're probably clearing five to six K a month. And that's not even the weekdays, right? So I'm like doing the quick math in my head. I'm going on Zillow, looking at the purchase price of their home. I'm like, their mortgage payments, two, three K, they're probably making six K off just like the weekends was like, Another light bulb went off my head. I'm like, all right, I'm shifting from the long-term to the short-term um, game plan, right? So I was like, I need to find a short-term rental. So then I was like, all right, where do I buy the short-term rental? So I was like, I need a place that population is growing, job growth is going, and a lot of people like tour, being like tourists in that area. So like Nashville came to mind. Since I grew up in Indiana, Nashville is always a place we went to. So I actually uh, hit up Avery Carl. So shout out to Avery. But uh, Avery represented me in my first deal, and I bought a three-bed uh, three bed, two bath, no, no, three bed, three bath town home in Nashville and, uh, started renting out short term. And I was just kind of like, we'll see where this goes. It just exploded. It took off, exceeded expectations. So I was like, all right, how do I scale this as fast as possible? And that's what kind of got the ball rolling for me. And the rest is history. Damn. I love that. I want to unpack that more, but I want to hear Matt's story and then we'll, then we'll go back. Yeah. Yeah. There is some crisscrossing, right? So I'm curious to know. Yeah, Craig, it's funny you mentioned uh, the property exceeded expectations. You made a lot more on that exceeds expectations than you did on your job uh, <laughs> exceeding expectations, right? But yeah, um, I graduated school. I grew up in Wisconsin and uh, it's jumped into software sales right off the bat. So that's my history in software sales. And the nice thing about that, you know, that career is that your effort equates to the amount of income that you get. So I've had that motivation since I started. And I was getting commissions and saying, okay, what, what do I do with these? I've lived in Spain. I've lived in Wisconsin. I've lived in the Caribbean. I went through a category five hurricane, lived in San Diego now. So I've lived all over. I love to travel. My wife and I have a love for traveling. So when we started staying in Airbnbs for the first time, I was blown away. I loved it. I still remember the first one I stayed in, uh, got to hang out with the owner's dogs and, you know, had a great time. So I 
am really attracted to that model in the first place, being able to be a part of somebody's amazing vacation experience and the memories that they're creating. I think that's so cool in, in what we get to do. And um, I met Craig at a, at a real estate meetup here in San Diego. So huge, uh, uh, you know, shout out to meetups and networking and going to meet people. That's how you start to share ideas. And Craig presented on his deal. And I said, that's amazing. How do I get into that? So Craig, teach me. <clears throat> and so Craig taught me everything about the operations, how to put, you know, a property together and make sure it's running, performing correctly. I had long-term units in Wisconsin already. And I decided to switch over to short term for the cash flow gain that, that he was seeing there. Jumped into Nashville. Now we're in Scottsdale that we own and, and in San Diego as well. So Craig and I decided to uh, jump in, start a business together. And, and uh, we're, we've, everything's uh, been off and running since then. Damn. So w- what year did you guys both start? Just for context. Yeah, Craig so I bought my first home in Nashville in uh, 2019. So actually, it was like the summer. So like August, September of 2019. And then me and Matt started the State Classic business um, like into December, like Christmas week of uh, 2019. So like, say like January 2020 is when we got started. Got it. And at the beginning, was it was the plan to always do management as well? Or was the plan to just buy your own individual units because you own individual units and you own units yeah. together or everything is owned individually and then you manage. Yeah. So we have uh, three different models. So we uh, personally own, we do rental arbitrage and we do management, but me and Matt personally own different properties. We own our own properties, right? And then we formed a business to just do rental arbitrage and uh, management. So when we formed the business in January, 2020, we just wanted it to uh, real arbitrage. So we just started cold calling landlords and we're just like, Hey, we're looking to lease your property for a year and then sell lease um, for corporate travelers or short-term travelers comes to the area. So we picked up three right away and just started rolling with those. And then COVID hit March, pretty much stopped the business for a year. Um, and then we realized what risk you have doing real arbitrage, right? So you're investing 20 K in furniture. And then you're kind of screwed because you can't get anyone in because of COVID. So we're like, we need to kind of shift models. And that's where like kind of the management co-hosting thing came up. And um, we really just picked up clients through like coworkers, friends, friends of family and word of mouth. And we've just been growing that. So I'll let Matt uh, jump in after that. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, we originally, Craig and I said, hey, we're going to jump in. Let's Let's start with arbitrage. We like that. But we were, you know, I bought my first property in 2018. It was a fourplex in Wisconsin for $55,000. So if you want to do the math on that, you know, those, that was, you know, out there and they, those kind of deals are out there and the cash flow on that long-term is fantastic. So I started in 2018, Craig and I started the, the business in 2019 at right at the end, really 2020. And then we lost, you know, I think we got our first units up and designed and furnished in February. And we were getting a bunch of bookings and then we lost 60,000 in bookings in, in a week. And it was quite a moment where we said, hey, we just started this thing and we put our money into it. What do we do? And we went to all of our owners, the, the, the landlords that had partnered with us. We let them know the situation. We communicated with them. We paid our rents on time. They helped us out to some extent to uh, make it through. And we stuck to our words and you know made it through that tough year when some of those big companies were failing and, and uh Stay Alfred went under, right? They they went uh, completely under. So it was an intense year for us, and we stuck it out. And that that momentum has carried us through. So now we picked up management in other cities. We're in four cities now around the country. 
we picked up more arbitrage and then Craig and I have continued to buy our own properties. So all three models. Yeah. I love this story. I love it how organic it seems to be, right? Because it's kind of like organic throughout all of you guys. And you guys, you both have jobs still, right? Like you both <laughs> yeah. have a nine to five. For now. For, For now. now. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. We're, we're working on that. But that's what I like. You guys are some of my, like of all the guests that we have, I love that people that still have their nine to five and have grown to such a scale. Because you guys have now 30 units altogether, right? Between management yep. and yeah, language beauty. Yep. So that's that's quite a business already, right? So how do you do it with a nine to five? That's my first question. <laughs> and you get there's two of us. Okay, like you're you're smiling and stuff. You don't, you know. Yeah. No, there, there's hat. So I don't know if you still have hair. Maybe you pulled it all out, but I think you. Okay, you still have hair, so that's good. You know. So like, what what's the story? Like, how do you guys do it? Yeah. There's 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 two of us, right? And so it really helps that we have each. You know. It, it was kind of just a, a chance meeting at, at a meetup and we have a lot in common, but we're both very driven on where we want to go and what our motivation is, is very similar. And when issues come up, right, it's nice that him and I can be like, hey, I'm, I'm swamped today or, you know, I got a full day of meetings. Can you handle this or vice versa? And that worked for a long period of time until we got 10, 20, you know, 10, 20 units. And even now we could probably still do it. But that's not the goal of where we're trying to go. The goal is not to continue doing it all ourselves. The goal is for us to be the visionaries growing the business and facilitating uh, a broader vision. And so, you know, so, so yeah, it's nice that Craig and I have kind of a low grade of competition where we're each kind of competing to say, Hey, you know, what are you working on today? Or what am I working on? Hey, I did this, you did that. So it's because there's two of us, we're both motivating each other to, um, get things done. Yeah. And I think too, uh, the beauty of this business, short-term rental business is the time freedom, right? Like I'm not attracted to the lifestyle. I see that my managers, managers and managers are happy, right? They're, they're spending 60, 70 hours a week in a cubicle in an office away from their kids, their loved ones, their friends all day. And like, I'm not attracted to that. I'm attracted to spending time with your family, friends, golfing during the middle of the day. So it's like, you can run this business from anywhere, from yourself on, right? The beach, the golf course, like that is so attractive to me. And then, I mean, the money's great too, but it's just like the lifestyle is so attractive. So that's honestly how me and Matt still have our jobs, right? Like we're able to automate a lot of this stuff through messages, through cleaning and all that stuff. And we, we get our time back, right? So we still do have time to do our jobs. Um, but when you get to a certain level, it's like, yeah, you start needing to have to have like BAs and stuff to follow up with maintenance and some of that stuff that kind of drags on. But um, yeah, that's, that's the most attractive part to me is the lifestyle, the time freedom you get back. Yeah. And I'm curious. So how does the dynamic work? And I, I know because I've talked to you guys, you know, offline, but for the listeners, because I see a lot of people, they get into partnerships early on, but it's more of like, they want an accountability buddy more than like a partnership. And one of the things I liked about you guys were one, you were very, very clear on where you wanted to go. Like you guys were in unison on like the vision and where you guys were taking this. How do you guys kind of like divvy up roles and responsibilities? You know, is somebody more focused on the sales and bringing in more leads? Is somebody more focused on the back end operations? Like how does that dynamic work? Because I think that's a huge piece of a partnership, not just like, can you get along and function together, but like, how are you leveraging each other's strengths versus weaknesses? Yeah, I think uh, Matt's definitely the visionary out of us. So he kind of sees the big picture. He kind of sees like, hey, let's have less margin, but then be able to scale it a lot faster, right? Hire VAs, hire an extra help. So if he's the visionary, 
and he's good at the sales because of his sales gig, right? He has that experience. So he's able to bring in new clients and be able to like gain that trust really quick with them. Um, and then I'm more of kind of like the operations person kind of in the day to day, kind of just trying to figure out the wheelhouse pricing and just like optimized listings and, um, just, just staying in tune, right. Listen to podcasts on just what people are doing in the industry, but, but we both do the same, right? Like I still call people for rental arbitrage. Matt still jumps into business as well. So it's not just like one and the other. We, we kind of, we kind of know our strengths and weaknesses, right. And kind of played to those, but that's kind of how it's worked out so far. Yeah. And, and, and we both know all aspects of the business, right? Just in case one has to jump in or, or the other. I think as we grow bigger and, and we and we have more of a team and, and a layered approach, then we're going to start to delineate those tasks more so. I know what I'm good at, but that doesn't mean I can't jump in and help out with operations or a maintenance issue if it's an emergency that comes up. You know, we'll, we'll jump in as needed. For Craig and I, when we got into this, it was kind of, I mean, it was kind of funny. I feel like our our attitude towards it was, Hey, we're going to commit this amount of investment into it. We're going to treat it like it's a college education. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. We're going to try to do our absolute best. We're going to be really meticulous and learn whatever we can. And if it doesn't work, then we learned a lot. And we probably learned a lot more than we did during college. And I can guarantee that 100%, we've definitely learned a lot more than probably I did in, in that four years within that first year, just going through COVID was really a trial by fire. But we've really kept that mentality of, Control what, like you said, control what you can control, address things as soon as they come up, but don't get emotionally involved in the issues and uh, be able to uh, be able to maintain that high level approach to it. Yeah. And that's so important. And also like I, the mindset with you guys, it, it's clear, right? Like I can see that you've got, you guys have done a lot of work around your mindset in like understanding things. Where are you guys spending the majority of your time now with understanding, okay, we're at 30 units right now, we're at the critical mass and I'm putting words in your mouth, but <laughs> we're in the critical mass where we need to like, we're maybe ready to like leave the nine to five. Right. So where do you spend yeah. your time on? Cause I think there's a lot of listeners that are in your, in your shoes right now, whereas they're making enough that they know they could maybe take the leap, but there is some fear and holdbacks and some of the usual ones are like insurance and yada, 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 which again, insurance is really not that big of a deal. It's a lot cheaper than you, than you think. It's just one of the ways that they've put those golden handcuffs on you. So where are you guys spending a lot of the time on? And do you have pre-established rocks that you're like, okay, baby, once we get to here, ready or not, we got to jump off. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can start Craig. I, I would say that, um, you know, we, we were, we, we know we're already at that point, right. Where we could kind of jump at any point when you're looking at making the jump, right. You have all these things go through your head and say, oh no, that's, you know, that's not safe. How are you going to handle all these? You know, what if there's a health issue? My wife and I are looking to start a family. That's going to be a cost, right. And there's a cost to having young children, but really what you can do is it becomes much less of a concern when you put an actual number to it. What is the actual number to getting health insurance? What is the actual number to my out-of-pocket maximum for that year. So I would encourage people who are considering it to actually put a number to it, and then you can realistically plan for it, right? And make sure that you have a buffer that you can jump ship and be able to say, okay, I can cover myself and my expenses for six months or a year if I needed to. So that's one thing I would say. And then uh, what Craig and I are really focused on right now is operationalizing. And that's where what you and, and Mike are really helping us out with significantly is how do we operationalize this with a team 
but helping that team and making sure that that team is fully supported so that they're able to answer any questions that come up. So that's where our main focus is right now. We're shifting from Guesty for Host, which was your porter as our PMS, shifting that over to Guesty Pro. Craig can talk to that a little bit more. And then um, we're also hiring as fast as we can right now. So we're bringing it. We just brought someone on this week. We're bringing someone on next week and putting those processes in place that will support them as, as they're helping us out. That's our focus. Then we can focus on the next level of growth and, and lead generation. Yeah. And I think like what Matt said too, putting a number to it, right? We're like, what is health insurance cost? What is the 401k cost? And then me and Matt are just like, we haven't paid ourselves any out of business yet. Like it just all stays in the business and picks up more units. So we're like, let's pay ourselves five, 10K, wherever that number is. So we're like, all right, let's decide on pay ourselves 5K each after Nashville. Actually, we were talking about, like, we didn't even think about quitting our jobs. And we went to the Nashville conference and people were way smaller than us and all quit their jobs. So we kind of got a little motivation to quit. So we're like, all right, let's put a number to it. So like, what do you think our current lifestyle is what we need to pay each other out of the, out of the company account, right? So we're like, it's 5K each. So we're like, all right, how are we going to pick that up? We're like, oh, let's pick up a couple more management clients that 1500 to 2000 a month. And then each rental arbitrage we pick up is three to 4K cash flow, right? So like, that's our strategy right there. And then right after the conference, that week after the conference, I called five landlords, got two rental arbitrages just like that. So that's 8K a month right there. So we're already eight out of our 10K just in that first week after Nashville. And then we picked up a couple of management clients since then too. So we've already passed that number, but it's just like, I think that that number, putting a number to it, really gives yourself a kick in the butt to like, hey, let's let's get after this. Let's, come on, let's make some headway and um, really go after this number, right? So I think if you don't have a number, you really don't understand what you need to grow in your business to uh, get there. I love it. You couldn't, they could, do you think they could have answered it any better? No, like, that's everything. Everything. You know, everything we've been preaching for the past 118 episodes. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to point out though, like Craig brought up a good point and, and Matt touched on it too, around they've grown at a really strong rate and now they're like really focusing on stabilizing. So like Craig and I were talking earlier about like all the SOPs that they've been working on and like an onboarding process for the VAs and things like that and really getting the, the systems stable to help them continue to grow. And I, I just had this thought of like, I've always been a systems guy. So like sales were always foreign to me. So I always gravitated towards like dialing in my systems. Sales guys, they tend to focus, that's their wheelhouse. So they, they grow really fast, right? So like when, when we get in this mode of like, all right, it's just comfortable to continue either working on systems or working on scaling based on whatever your skill set is, you have to have that awareness of when is that point of like when it's good enough to switch gears to go after that other thing. Like they've, they've grown really fast. Now they're like, all right, we need to slow it down a little bit in the interim, stabilize, then we can get back into growth mode. So it's just something for the listeners to consider. Are you more of like an operations type person or are you more on the sales front where you're good at, you know, getting more properties, more leads, all that stuff. And just be aware of that because that's your comfort zone and that's where you're going to want to gravitate to. So just finding that balance when you need to. Yeah. And I mean, to your point, right, if you think about our trajectory it's it, it's in all three different models, business models, which all of them work in their own way. We can talk about the pros and cons. I think that's always good. But, you know, we, we've ramped up to the point, I mean, 30 is a nice number where we can say, okay, we're going to kind of level off here for a second. Let's make sure that we have everything in place. Let's make sure that we're proactive on our properties, right? Because I think that's one of the biggest things as you grow is when issues come up, we can handle them really well. But how do we 
prevent them from coming up in the first place. And that's a whole different level of operations and preparation and checklists and maintenance schedules. That's a whole different, you know, level of system systemization that you have to go through in order to do that across 30 different properties. So, you know, those are one of the big things that we're working on. And then being in sales, I love talking to people. I love helping people out. So I have no doubt that once we put the right systems in place, we can take off like a rocket and not have to dedicate a lot of time each each week to um, to work on it as it's growing. Yeah, and I think that's that's so important when you focus, and this is a conversation that we had in Miami, is just focusing on that longevity of the business because you need to be comfortable in your system because your system back up your sales. And so it's it's very interesting. You can always tell when the salesperson is not personally involved in the company or in the success of the company because they're just salespeople. They just do unrealistic promises <laughs> and then they, they get a bunch of leads, but then all they care about is just, I'm going to throw people into the funnel and then ops can handle it. Yeah. I don't want that guy in my team, right? I want a guy that is responsible and that it leads from a place of under promising over delivering versus the opposite, because if not, like the business can last, right? So in your vision, are you going to keep expanding in all four markets? Are you expanding nationwide? Because I mean, if you move to Spain, having a child is a lot cheaper. So you <laughs> get to know food, childcare, everything is a lot cheaper. So what's the goal? Is world domination the goal or what you guys think? Well, that's the, that's the beauty of, of this, right? Is that we could hypothetically go and live where we want to live and, and, you know, have our, be able to take our kids on these amazing experiences around the entire world. We love to travel. And I don't want to have to have my kid go to, you know, uh, preschool or whatever, to, you know, daycare uh, because I have to go to work. So I want to be taking them on adventures in that first five year period. But um, yeah, Craig, do you want to speak to a little bit of where we're going? Yeah, I was just saying as far as expanding and stuff. So me and Matt will probably keep buying our personal properties. And then I, I kind of like the markets that are appreciating. So we're like when I'm ready to buy, I kind of look at what markets are appreciating based off job growth and companies moving in and stuff. And then I looked to expand in those markets. And then I think rental arbitrage, San Diego came in tough with regulations. So we're looking to kind of get rental arbitrage on the outskirts of San Diego, because I think those areas do really well. And then as far as management, we picked up a lot of people just through like word of mouth referrals, even like uh, agents, real estate agents we've worked with have sent us leads. So I think where we end up buying in different markets, I think we just naturally get clients in that area just because we're kind of like the person of interest or someone that's doing um, a lot of rentals in that area. So I think we're kind of open to expanding anywhere in the U.S., um, but we kind of just grow that organically. And if someone comes to us and says, hey, I have a property in this city because I know um, one of Matt's coworkers, he's just bought in Orlando, Florida, Kiss Me, so where Mike has a property. So we're going to get in that market as well, manage his property. And then who knows, he might pick up a couple more. Maybe he buys another one. Maybe he goes to a different market a couple of years from now. But the great thing is like all our clients are just crushing it um, as far as like short-term rentals. So they're always looking to buy more. So we're open saying, hey, we don't, aren't, that's the beauty of our management company. We don't have to be in that city. We can manage it kind of remotely, right? So we can go with our clients and manage their properties when they go into other cities. So that's kind of where we're at on where we expect to expand in the business. Yeah. And, and one thing I can add to that too, is one of the models that's been working out really well for us recently is with flippers. And I don't know if, if you guys are seeing this as well, but a lot of flippers in these markets are, you know, getting stuck with properties as, as you know, they don't want to 
cut their price down if they don't feel like they need to necessarily. We're starting to get into a, a cooler buying season as you get into fall, winter. So they're basically saying, hey, can you guys help me out to change my exit strategy a little bit or elongate my exit strategy? Can you set this up as a short-term rental? Help me get cash flow. I'm going to refinance into better financing terms out of my, out of my hard money. I'm going to make sure I get past that 12-month mark to shift from short-term capital gains into the long-term capital gains rate which saves me 15% right off the top. And then next summer, you know, when we get back into buying season, maybe I'll test the market again. Or if it's going really well, then I'll just use this as my exit strategy. I'll just switch from flipping into Burr for these group of properties. So we have one uh, in, in Phoenix, he's doing five. We have another in Houston, he's doing five. So we love working with those clients, other investors who are thinking at scale. That's such an interesting thing to to think about because you see, like I hear my little voice in the back of my mind being like, I don't know if I would do that because I don't know if I would want to put the time and effort into something that is not long-term because again, like being a property manager by trade in a sense, you know what I mean? I go into like, what is the longevity, the long-term value of a property for me? And I know in average, let's say eight to 10 years, our good friend Brooke talks about this, right? An average short-term rental property is going to stay with you eight to 10 years. So if I'm only having it for a short period of time, and the first year is usually the less lucrative year of, of all of them, right? By the same time, one of our mentors always used to say he or she who is most flexible wins. And I think that's a clear kind of philosophy that you guys show in your actions is you're staying very, very flexible and very fluid into what you do. Meaning like, hey, we can offer you this option. Do you want them? Maybe we can offer something else. Tell us, tell us what you need, right? And, and <laughs> there is an interesting thing, you know, like my, and it's funny because I am not a very by the book thing, but doing things like that gives me anxiety, which is very interesting. <laughs> it's an interesting feeling, right? Because I'm not usually an anxious person, but I'm like, oh my God, that gives me so much anxiety. But at the same time, it works. Well, that's the thing is we, we're, we're confident in those markets where we can go in and and we feel that, hey, if we can do a great job operating these properties and that we're doing a good job marketing them and doing everything that we do at our own properties, then hopefully that becomes the new strategy for that person. Or they say, hey, I'm going to flip over here and then I'm going to burr over here. Now we become their go-to person for those burrs. And so you, when you think of it in a, from a bigger picture, it's like, hey, yeah, we could lose some of those uh, next year if you know, but but we feel that if we're operating them well, they'd be too good for those for those investors to drop. And in one case, one of them's become our mentor. We've helped him out. Now he's thinking of helping us think on a much larger scale. So it's just there's a whole broader picture there where we are helping out as much as we can and thinking about where can we provide the most value, and we feel that that will lead us in in a direction that will be good for everybody. I think that's a, I just want to repeat that when you, especially at the beginning, but throughout your career, if you lead with value, it will always come back to you. So at the beginning, they're like, okay, cool. We're going to make this work and we're going to add as much value to these people as humanly possible. And if we find in 12 or 18 months that, you know what, maybe this isn't as profitable or as lucrative as we thought, and it's not very cool. We can pivot. But I will say, after I got my, my second or third co-host deal, I've never had to do marketing again because I focused on investors, just like you guys are doing. I added a ton of value and I made them more money than anybody else possibly could. And they've referred me to more investors and they've personally bought more properties. And now I've partnered with them on some larger commercial stuff. So if you get in with the right people, 
you will, and you add enough value, you will just organically grow. And that's one of the reasons why targeted investors instead of just second homeowners, because realistically, somebody's going to buy a second home once if they're very wealthy, maybe they'll own a handful of properties, but an investor is probably going to buy, you know, one, two, three properties a year and just mm -hmm. hand them over to you. So it's just a faster way and a more consistent way to organically grow your business. Yeah. The referrals are huge. I mean, like I said, we don't have any official referral program or any you know, official lead source. We, we were doing ads at one point, but it was very broad and it was all over the country. And we realized that was not the best way to scale. And Mike, I think we, we talked to you about that, right? But, um, the, you know, being able to get referred and, you know, for, for one instance, our flipper who's given us these properties, we gave him a nice deal because we wanted to try to see if it would work and, and see how, and we wanted to see him be successful. He's referred us to multiple other people that have been great clients or have been really good revenue generation streams for us. And um, that's to your point, Mike, where it just grows organically, you know, faster than your system. So you have to make sure the systems are in place. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So I want to be respectful of your time. We're coming up on our time here. But before we get into our last question, I want to acknowledge, thank you guys for coming on here. Super pumped working with you guys, you know. I have a lot of fun. I know he has a lot of fun. Like you guys are coachable, you're hungry and you're willing to put in the work. And, um, it's just, it's a pleasure to work with you guys. And I'm really excited to see where you take this in the next 12 months. So before we get into the last question, where can folks learn more about you guys and get in touch with stay classy? Yeah. Uh, so we are actually rebuilding our website right now, but you can reach out to stay classy, cohosting.com. Um, you can reach us at uh, stayclassyhousing at gmail.com. We we're always checking that one. And then uh, our uh, Instagram accounts as well. So feel free to reach out to us at any of those places. Love it. Love it. And the last question that we ask all of our guests is, what is your number one secret to success with short-term rentals? Greg, just, you want to go? Yeah. It has to be one each and it can be the same. So. Yeah. So I think uh, just standing out from the crowd, right? So I think Airbnb and short-term rentals is just like in its teenage years, right? So I think it's still in the tidal wave going up, but I think over the years, more supply and more units come online. So you want to really stand out in the market, be in the top 10, 15% of that entire market. And that's through amenities like pools or just like cool Instagram walls, cool design, cool wallpaper, um, just providing a lot of value for your guests, providing them a great experience to stand out in that top 10, 15%. And I think you're going to do really well in this industry. And then just like how I met Matt, right? Just network, talk to people, um, join groups, just get out as much as you can and just ask people what they're doing, how they're doing it, and just ask people questions. I mean, a lot of people like talking about what they do. So it's just like, all you have to do is ask them questions and listen, and then you, you ask enough people and you start seeing answers be the same, right? So it's like, just network, get out there, talk with people, see what they're doing. And then um, as far as buying units, yeah, just stand out in the crowd, try to be the top 10, 15% um, in your market and you'll absolutely crush this business. Craig, you uh, said two there, which is not actually fair. So uh, I was going to use one or the other. We're gonna My wife is actually... <laughs> My wife is actually an interior designer, so I a huge shout out to her. She that's the reason why we're successful at our places, and uh, so so that one for sure. But the second one, the one I was going to say is definitely networking. And just to expand on what Craig said, I met Craig through networking. Right, I met you guys through networking. Um, we met our investor clients through networking. 
somebody referred us or recommended us to somebody else. We've learned so many good ideas for how to improve our business and improve our properties through networking and just being around people who are thinking abundantly and are, are directing and are intentional about where they're trying to go. So by far, best advice I can give is go find people that are doing what you want to be doing. And like Craig said, just ask them questions. People are really open. Love it. Love it. Well, again, appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for coming on. And we will see you guys next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks Thanks for having us, guys. Hey, STR Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes, and we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.